Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. All right, grab your notes. We're in a series, and uh, we're in a series, and we're talking about love. And we're using the month of February to talk about uh, the subject of love. And uh, here's kind of what we're trying to get at in this series. If you um, say, when you say you love somebody, okay, uh, or when you say that uh, if anybody were to ask you, hey, how do you want to be remembered? And you say to them, you know, I want to be remembered as a, as a loving human being. I want to be remembered as a, a guy, a man, or a woman characterized by love. Uh, here's the question. What does that actually mean? What does that mean? Um, there's a question, I think, underneath the question that I want to give it to you. If you're taking notes so you can frame it, and it's this. What does love require of me? I don't know if you've noticed, we, we are living in a world right now that is saying a lot of things. How many of you all would say it's saying a lot of things? Uh, and we're saying a lot of things, and we're, we're not so much doing necessarily the things that we're saying, but there's a whole lot of conversation going on. And uh, we're just living in a world in a divided time like that, and I think it's, it's good uh, as followers of Jesus, to talk about every now and again this idea, what does love actually require of me? If I, if I want to say that I love somebody, if I, wanna, uh, you know, if I want my life to be characterized by love, if I want to be remembered, you always think about this, somebody uh, one day, is there, you know, they're going to stand uh, and memorialize you. What are they going to say about you? This is an important topic. Because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of confusion out there. And those who tell us about this stuff, about these subjects, they, they tell us that love is difficult, that love is hard, love is confusing, love is, uh, you know, is, carries all kinds of power and weight with it. And this is what the theologians tell us. This is what the sociologists tell us. And I'm, I'm not even talking about N.T. Wright. Uh, I'm not talking about Dallas Willard. I'm not even talking about C.S. Lewis. I'm talking about theologian Huey Lewis. <laughs> Where he says, love is a powerful thing, right? Love is a powerful thing. Makes mo- one man weep and another man sing. Come on, you guys. I thought, I thought everybody would know Huey Lewis, right? Uh, turn a hawk into a little white dove. Y'all stink. I was telling you right now. Like, <laughs> nine o'clock was way better. All right. That's for Huey Lewis. The power of love. I, I told the team this morning, I said, can we, we'll just sing that song, make that song play. And all of, all of our social media, Maddie, who heads that up, she said, we have had strike one and strike two against us on social media. Pastor Dale, if you did, do that again, they're going to take us off the internet because you keep doing that. So I just thought we would sing this song. Don't need money. All right, never, no, no, never mind. No, you can't, you can't get in now. You guys are already messing that up. All right. Here, here's the thing. Um, let's talk about what C.S. Lewis actually says about love. This is way better. He says, to love it all is to be vulnerable. 
He said, love anyone and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to be so sure, he says, of keeping your heart intact, you must give your heart to no one. Wow. Lock it up safe in the box of your own selfishness, C.S. Lewis writes. He says, but in that box, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it'll change. It will not be broken. This is powerful to me. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. And then, if that's not challenging enough, look at what C.S. Lewis concludes with. The only place outside of heaven where you can be safe from all the danger of love is hell. Wow. Mother Teresa said it this way. She said, the biggest disease in our world today isn't leprosy or tuberculosis, but it's the feeling of being unloved, unwanted, and uncared for, and the feeling of being deserted by everybody. And I bet every single one of us have had a moment in our lives, some more than others, I suspect, where that's been true. See, love is a, love is a powerful thing. Uh, and you cannot, you cannot manifest love without, without recognizing that in almost equal measure, that same power can break you. As a pastor, when I sit with someone who's been hurt by love, I sit with a spouse or a parent or a child. Love is a powerful thing. And uh, if I were to double down on this, uh, Jesus said for those that follow him, that self-identify as followers of Jesus, that, that we would say by our own admission, I follow King Jesus. I've invited his will and his way and his forgiveness into my heart. And I no longer live for him, but as Paul said, I live for Christ. For any of, any of you for whom that would be true, Jesus, Jesus took the subject of love and he put it up on another shelf. Scholars tell us that when Jesus was in the upper room for about uh, a third or a fourth of the Gospel of John, these were all things that came out of the, um, the upper room. And in John chapter 13, I want you to notice what Jesus says. He says to the disciples, hey, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another, for by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So here's what, I'll, let's just be clear. Here's what Jesus is doing He's going to another shelf on this subject. And I want you to notice what he says. He says a new command. That's not a suggestion. Jesus is saying for Christ followers, we can't opt in or opt out if it feels right. A new command I give you, love one another. And look what he says here, as I have loved you. So just take a moment. Let's just all take a moment. A little reflexive exercise here. 
Think about how God has manifest his love to you. His forgiveness, his grace, his unconditional love, his favor. And Jesus is saying, as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And then he says, by this. We talk a lot here. Uh, we're a church that uh, I think does serious work and serious business around our theology. And I, I take note that Jesus doesn't say, hey, by your theology, it's important that is, everyone will know that you love me. He doesn't say that. Uh, we, take, we take worship seriously here. Hey, uh, by the way, you raise your hands on a Sunday morning. That's not what he's saying. Uh, by, by the way you, we can fill in the blanks. And Jesus says, by the way you love one another. The early church became such a force of love in a world that it just erupted in such a phenomenal way. People were tripping over themselves to get into the church to become followers of Christ because they'd never seen a love manifested in such a powerful way. If you were with us last week, um, we began this series in this conversation with, I, I think, looking at probably the penultimate verse and passage in the scriptures about love, which is 1 Corinthians 13. It's the one we often read or we hear read at weddings. You know, it's, it just sets the bar so high. It, it, it's almost so idealistic in a way, so beautiful, so poignant, so powerful in a way that it's one of those things that scholars say we can read it over and over and over and over and over again and never really sort of get to the bottom of really uh, the depth of what that what might mean and how it might break out to us. Uh, and so this morning, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, and, and rather than use that verse of Scripture uh, that we hear often read at weddings, I thought I would read a passage of Scripture that Beth and I had at our wedding, and which is Paul's words um, to the church in Colossae, in Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, an equally powerful passage of scripture, but a little bit more feet on the ground, if you will. And so um, I want to encourage us, let's stand and uh, let's hear God's word for us this morning. This is Paul to these young churches in Colossae, and here's what he, he is talking about, um, being alive in Christ what Jesus does to the human soul when we invite him in and give him residence in our heart. And, and Paul is talking about in such beautiful language what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And, and then he says, oh, and then it's almost like, okay, now that I've said that, he goes, therefore, because of everything I've just said, and this is where we're picking it up in verse 12, he says, therefore. So then as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Wow. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Lord, um, would you help us? Now, this is a challenging word, but it's a word we must hear in our day. It is a word for every one of us, God. And some of us, maybe we're hearing it for the first time. Some of us, God, we just need to, we need to rub it all over us all over again, hear it again. So by the power of your spirit, Lord, you become our teacher. You become our guide in this moment. For we pray for your glory and for your sake alone. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. I was thinking about this concept of what Paul's trying to get across to us. And I was thinking about it this way. When, whenever you enter into a relationship, this is any relationship. So when a government enters into a relationship with another government, with an entity uh, enters into a, a relationship with another ent- entity, when a, when, a, when a person enters into a relationship with another person, here's what happens in that moment. Follow me here. An alliance is formed. And an alliance, notice what the definition of an alliance is. An alliance is a union. It's an association or relationship formed for mutual benefit. Uh, So so in any sphere uh, of the relational world, when, when we engage and we we step into some sort of relationship, could even be a work relationship, you know, any kind of relationship. An alliance is formed in that, in that very moment. Ding! And when an, when an alliance is formed, there, there are two things that, are, that go on in any alliance. The first one is, is what I think is this. There are aspirations we bring. So if I'm going to enter into a relationship with someone, now it does it, it's, it's not physical, but... But in, 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 in sort of the, the spiritual sense and sort of the intuitive sense, we are bringing our aspirations for this relationship with us. And here's what I would tell you about our aspirations. They, 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 they feel really good to us. Why? Because they're our aspirations. Think with me a moment, and this, this goes way beyond marriage, but think, I, I know that when, when, when I began to get serious in my relationship with Beth, and I can, remember, I can remember a very specific moment when I started thinking about, I think she may be the one. And I, I, think, I think if I ask her, she might even say yes. Right? I mean, we know what that's like, right? And, 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 and here's the thing. I remember walking around one day, and I remember thinking about, I, I was thinking about what it would be like to be married to Beth. Okay, now here's what I was not thinking about. I'm almost embarrassed to tell you what it would be like for Beth to be married to me. Okay, right? 
because aspirations is one thing, but, but in any alliance, there's not only an aspiration, there's expectations. And what do expectations feel like? Do you know what expectations feel like? They feel like expectations. <laughs> right? You know what an expectation is? When I get home tonight, my dad would say, this yard better be mowed. When I get home tonight, that car better be what? Those are what? Those are expectations. Now, think about this with, for, for, with me for a moment. So, so when, when I got married to Beth, and again, it's not just marriage. I'm going to move this outside of marriage. But, but on our wedding day, I showed up with her ring and my box of aspirations. Right? And she showed up with my ring and her box of aspirations. And at some point in the relationship, here's what happens in every relationship. Could be business, could be government, whatever. You trade boxes. Come on now. And, 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 and my box, it felt so light. When I handed off to Beth, it felt like 150 pounds. And her box, I remember when she handed it to me, I dropped it. Right? This is what goes on in relationships. And here's what, here's what Paul is getting at. What happens when, when we're in that spot? And here's what we all know. Get engaged in a relationship long enough, there's going to come a moment when the aspirations and the expectations collide. What do we do in that space? And Paul helps us out. He really, really helps us out. And again, this, this, is, this is a message. This is like, a, this is like a, a top shelf message for everybody in the room, everybody online who says, I'm a follower of Jesus, his will and his way in my life. He comes first. I'm not in first position. I'm in second position. Anybody that's saying that, you, 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 don't, you don't get an out. This is... This is this is where we are. And so really the question becomes, right, like I just said, what happens, what takes place when our relational aspirations and expectations don't line up? Paul gives us three things that we, we have to strive after by the power of the Spirit we can walk into. He said, first of all, he said this. He said, we start with a heart of humility. And I want you to notice what he says here, super duper powerful to me. And what he says, first of all, is he says in verse uh, 12, look at what he says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, literally put on, like wear. Eugene Peterson in the message translation, which I advocate everybody have and read that from time to time, he says, um, we should clothe ourselves in love. It's the all-purpose, all-weather garment. Start there. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed this on news. There's something really powerful that's happening in central Kentucky at our alma mater at Asbury University. And I wonder if we could show a picture of it. Um, this is chapel at Asbury University. Somebody snapped this picture. They started uh, with chapel Wednesday uh, morning at 10 o'clock. And when it concluded at 11 o'clock Wednesday morning, here's the thing. It didn't conclude. It's been going on, man, it gets me emotional, since, since Wednesday. 
There's like a revival breaking out. God is doing this. The, the service has it. I saw a picture last night. This is Hughes Auditorium. Holiness under the Lord. It seats 1,800 people. There was not a seat in the auditorium filled with this younger generation where God is doing this thing. Other universities are busing students into Asbury University. And everyone who comes out of this, listen to the interesting testimony out of this. Here's what they're saying. I've never before felt the the felt presence of the love of God that is just in a palpable sense. This is what Paul is saying. Relationships have atmosphere. They just have atmosphere to them. And and the way relationships work uh, are, are based on our mutual willingness to engage in a relationship, whatever it is, with a common sense of humility. We just come at it as two pilgrims along the same path together. Think about what would happen in our world if that just we just said, okay, we're going to go out and do that interpersonally uh, at our work relationship, in our work uh, relationships. What happens if our government were to do that? Holy mackerel. I think revival really would break out, right? And so when, when, when the aspirations and expectations don't line up and you put this wherever you need to, Paul says we start with a sense of humility. And then he says this. This is very powerful, by the way. Then he says this. We have to become a friend of forgiveness. Now, here's what I want to say. I want to put a little reminder in. This week, I want to, I want to talk just very, very briefly about the subject of forgiveness uh, and mention a few things here. And I want to say this. Uh, uh, this week, I want to talk about really how you ask for forgiveness. Next week... I want to talk to you about what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. Because a lot of us get twisted up on that. And, and, I, and I tell my younger pastors as I'm mentoring them, I said, you have to, as a pastor, you have to preach on forgiveness at least once a year. Or it's pastoral malpractice. Because so many of us grapple with forgiveness. Notice what Paul says here in verse 13. Super powerful. He says, um, bear with one another and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And for those of you that might be interested, the Bible scholars in the room, the Greek word for bear communicates the idea of this. That's the best way to say it. Play long. Don't quit early. Now, next week we're going to talk about some some of the unique challenges about forgiveness. We're going to talk about boundaries. We're going to talk about, I know there's some delicate work there, but, but let me just, so I honor that. Let me set that aside for a moment and let me remind everybody of this. Most of us would do better becoming a more forgiving person. I want to show you a picture. Uh, Beth and I, a few years ago, we, we were in London and uh, we went to uh, uh, Coventry Cathedral that was bombed out in World War II. Uh, this is in England. This is in London. And then um, the Germans bombed this. And, and the British government decided to leave it as a testimony to hatred. And I want to show you a picture. Beth and I have been right there. That's, that's the cathedral. There's nothing left, just these outer walls. 
And uh, the, the British government said, you know, we're going to leave it. It's going to be a symbol of all the atrocities of the world. It's going to be a symbol of hatred. And, uh, and it makes a powerful statement. Now, what's interesting is that after the war, the German government learned of this. And they reached out to the British government and they said, um, we hear it. We hear what you're saying about it being a testimony of hatred. But um, we as Germans want to come to England and rebuild the cathedral as a symbol of forgiveness. And I want to show you this picture. There it is rebuilt. This is the archangel Michael with his foot on Satan's neck. Come on. Most of us would do well becoming a person of forgiveness. And Jesus, again, I I know it's challenging. He puts the bar way up there. Paul says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then and only then can we become, lastly, let me say it in closing, a person of peace. Uh, Your relationships are not only the most important thing uh, to you, they're very important to your heavenly father. Uh, Jesus was all about people. Once when he was challenged because the scribes and Pharisees thought he wasn't obeying the law, And so they were going to quiz Jesus on his understanding of the scriptures. And they said, we don't don't think you're doing it right. And Jesus said, well, let me just summarize it for you, right? Here's all the laws. It all boils down into two. Love God. Love people. Love God. Love people. And um, here's what I want to remind you. Your relationships, uh, they're powerful in your life. Uh, I was reading once about um, the the world's mountains, the mountains across the world. and, and, And I learned that mountains are so big, they create their own weather. So do your relationships. And the only way you and I are going to get through unscathed to become people of love so that one day when people are memorializing your life and they say, you know what? He was, she was a person characterized by love. The only way that takes place is we learn to humble ourselves We learn to become a friend of forgiveness. We just learn how to forgive. We're going to talk about that next weekend. And we move in on becoming people of peace. Now, here's what we're going to do to close our service. I'm going to invite you to stand. No no special song today. We're just going to to get in on this. We have two minutes. 
And a lot of times uh, at the close of service at Community of Hope, we just invite people to hold their hands out almost like as a symbol, Lord, here I am, I'm open. I'm in a posture of openness before you. And I know that while I'm preaching around these things and relationships, everybody probably brought into this space a, a relationship that's not great. And in a moment of silence, Jordan's going to help us out playing and I'm just going to have you offer that to the Lord. Hey, Lord, here, here's her. Here's him. Here's it. And I want, to, I want you to offer it to the Lord and I want to pray his mercy over that. Let's pray together. Lord, here we are. We're your people. And God, we're wanting to do the serious business of heaven, which is that we would become what you have bestowed on all of us as our calling as followers of Christ, that we would be people of love. And so God, we ask that you would search and know us wherever we have, where we are not manifesting that, where we have, you know, anything other than love that's crept in like unforgiveness or bitterness or, you know, retribution or vengeance or whatever these things are, Lord, um, we're human. We're susceptible to catching the infections of our world. And so God, in the spirit of Jesus, in the spirit of humility, we offer that person, we offer that thing before you right now. So just take a moment and do that. God, will you work by the power of your Holy Spirit to untangle whatever you need to untangle? Would you remind us, Lord, that you do that surgically and delicately and that would you remind us, Lord Jesus, that you would never put us in harm's way? And we know that some of these things before us, Lord, in this moment are very tender and we're going to talk about that. But Lord, we invite you by the power of your Holy Spirit to hear our prayers break down walls break down walls do what you can do do what only you can do for we thank you in advance even as Paul said you've broken down the wall between us and you continue to do that we pray in the strong and mighty name of Jesus everybody said amen praise God give the Lord a round of applause Praise God. All right, reminder, um, next week we're going to talk about the nuances of forgiveness. That might be a great talk for you to bring somebody to, bring them with you. Uh, Until then, go in his mercy, go in his grace. We'll see you next weekend. God bless.